Hey guys, so today I have something very special for you guys. Um, we have a special guest. Her name is Queen Zin and she is going to be presenting the word for us today and I'm so happy to hear from her. So before we get started, let's let her introduce herself. <laughs> hey everyone, my name is Zin, as was mentioned. Um, and yeah, I'm so glad to be here um, on Devoted Devotions. It's such an honor. Oh my goodness, I've listened to every episode. <laughs> and yeah, I'm really excited to be here. First guest speaker. Um, <laughs> quite an honor. Um, for those of you who don't know, I actually, um, you were the first podcast I got um, invited to. So she kind of helped with facilitating this podcast being put together. Um, thank you for that, by the way. <laughs> Anyways, um, could you please tell us about yourself? Sure. So I go by Queen Zania online because tinfoil hat gang, <laughs> not putting my legal name online. But <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm a daughter of God. I guess I'll introduce myself with that first. Um, I grew up in Canada, but I am half Zimbabwean, half South African, you know, born in Durban. Okay. Repping Durbs still. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, I mean, I don't even know what to say. Um, yeah, I mean, I grew up in the church and I was baptized into the Seventh-day Adventist church. And as I've been growing in my relationship with God, I've also learned to customize my faith and not just go by, okay, it's just the 28 fundamental beliefs and that's it. No, I've learned to like grow because the Holy Spirit leads us in spirit and in truth into more truth and he'll reveal more in the word as we study personally. So yeah, I've just been growing in my relationship with God, especially since the pandemic and currently, I am on a 40-day fast from social media and entertainment and sugar. <laughs> and yeah, it's going really well. I'm enjoying it. It's such a refreshing time with God. So um, he actually inspired me to start a separate channel other than my regular YouTube channel um, where I will just where I'm just sharing everything that he's pouring into me during this time. So yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'll talk about that more later if it becomes relevant. But that is so exciting. We will definitely want to hear all those details, um, maybe closer to the end where you just plug us with everything because we definitely want to follow up on what's going on and what God is pouring into you. I mean, <laughs> we want to grow together. Um, so just before we actually pray, could you tell us how you like how your relationship with God became yours? Because I know that like. Um, sometimes when, when we come to God, especially as, as a kindred spirit in terms of you being brought up in the church, um, the faith is like your parents' faith. Um, it, it starts off that way because you, you go there because you, you kind of have to, you know, and, um, there is a point where it's, it starts becoming your own, you know what I'm saying? Um, I always use this example that, um, when God was taking out the Israelites out of Egypt, he said, they will know me as Jehovah Jireh, a name that his fathers or their fathers did not know. 
um, which which says a lot to me because it says that there's a name or a characteristic of God that Abraham didn't know, but the children of Israelite, Israel did, you know, um, and it's just, it speaks to getting to know God in a different way than your parents would and stuff like that. So can you speak to us about how um, that, what that moment was for you? Yes. Um that's incredible and glory to God for that, that like he reveals himself in a new way in each generation. Um, well, I would say that from my entire life, as I look back, I recognize that God has always been calling to me. And um, I know this will sound random, but I promise I'm coming back around. Uh, when I was two years old, we lived in this um, house where I think the people who lived in it before were dabbling in some weird spiritualities. And so I would wake up, I had my own room, and I would wake up and I would feel this strong, heavy, dark presence over me. And then it would disappear right before I woke up. And so I was, you know, two years old. So I would just tell my parents like, oh, my bed hit me today. Like, because I knew it was trying to harm me, but it never did. But I would tell my parents that. And then they started taking it seriously. And they said, okay, if that happens again, start praying. And so I learned from a young age that when I pray, I'm protected. And I experienced a lot of nightmares too when I was younger. But I noticed whenever I would say the name of Jesus, everything that was evil would disappear. And so from then that started off my recognition, I guess, recognition is not a word, but I realized that... um, God doesn't just listen to my parents' prayers, but he also listens to mine. And um, yeah, and I remember when I was six years old or five, that was the first time when I really understood what, like, what the death of Jesus meant and how he died for our sins so that we could get his reward. And I started crying. And I know I was a kid, so everyone's like, why is this kid crying in church? I remember I got like taken out of church. <laughs> you know, my parents just picked me up and left and they're like, what's going on? But I remember being touched by the mission of Jesus. And I want to encourage parents out there. Your kids are never too young to understand the spiritual. They're never too young to understand how God is moving because God called Samuel when he was just a little boy, you know, um, when he was in the temple with Eli and God started speaking to him. And actually, um, I didn't plan to say this, but God even speaks to us in the womb. There's a verse in Ecclesiastes which says, like, we know not how the spirit enters the womb of a woman. And I know it seems like, oh, well, that's like how a baby is born. But no, the Holy Spirit is talking to us even in the womb. And then it's also there's that psalm that says, um, you knit me together in my mother's womb and you knew me even then. And God is speaking to us even in the womb. And then when we're born, we have a chance to like, that's why we even recognize the Holy Spirit when we do hear him. And of course, we have to train our ears to hear him more. Um, but we already have that like advantage. And God is so fair that like, no matter where in the world you live or what religion you're born into, he still speaks to all of us and he's leading us closer to him into truth. And so um, I got baptized when I was 13. And I remember I, there are, like a lot of my friends were getting baptized 
Um, and I didn't want to be just part of the hype of, of like the rapid baptisms, like, oh, it's camp, you know, someone needs to get baptized. Okay, it's my turn. Oh, I want to be baptized too. Me, me. Just raise your hand and you go. Yeah, exactly. So I wanted to wait until it meant something to me. And I wanted it to be something I could commit to. Because I also didn't, I knew I wasn't going to take it lightly. Yeah, so I did, um, I grew up in Christian school, SDA school. So I knew everything. I knew the fundamental beliefs. But I wanted to know that I was able to commit for life. And I actually don't even remember what changed. But I guess I just started thinking, you know what? Why not now? You know, what am I waiting for, really? And I already had a relationship with God. I was doing my own personal devotions. We have family devotions, and my parents always encouraged us to do our own personal devotions, too. So I already was in the habit of that. I'm like, you know what? Why not? Let's make it official, God. Let me get baptized. And that was a beautiful moment as well. Um, Nothing too dramatic happened, but I knew that, okay, now I need to be intentional about my faith. So it's honestly just been a journey of that. And then, um, well, this is going to be controversial to the Adventists, so please don't come for your girl. But <laughs> um, growing in an Adventist home, you weren't allowed to pierce your ears um, because I think in the church manual it says something like it's a sin or um, it's, I don't know, there's a few reasons why people choose not to. And I do respect that some people are specifically called not to. But I remember growing up, I would ask my parents, like, why aren't we allowed? And they would kind of vaguely refer back to Leviticus, I think it's 19, where it says, um, like, do not tattoo your bodies, do not cut your body for the dead, or some versions say pierce. But for me, like, it never sat well with me because I knew that um, when God gives us a principle, he won't just mention it once. He'll mention it many times and he'll give an explanation as to why. Like there will be, I don't know how to explain it, except that there will be fuller understanding of why and what that represents and what's going on. And so for me, it, it was never a thing that made sense. And I inquired of the Lord. Um, I remember when I lived in my parents' house, they said, don't do it. And then I moved out and I told them, okay, guys, please just be ready. Because keep in mind, I never went behind your back with this. I never snuck around. I'm letting you know, I will probably do it when I move out. Just letting, so you're not shocked. (laughs) And so um, I was 18 and I was just like, okay, God, I need to ask you about this because like it's it's weighing heavy on me and it's something that I'm I'm not doing just because you know parents said don't do it church says don't do it and I'm not doing it because you said don't do it so god what do you say about this and god led me to study um purity so I studied purity in the bible and he led me through different things on that god led me to study holiness and led me through um, different things regarding that. And then also um, pride and humility. So I studied those as well. 
And I recognize that all of those things have to do with your heart posture. And of course, like what is done on the outside will come through. Um, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And of course, we will know people by their fruits as well. But those fruits are not things like um, wearing earrings, not for everyone, right? But those fruits are what is your character like? You know, how do you treat people? How do you relate to God as well? And so I recognize for me, it wasn't, a, it wouldn't be blocking me from humility, it wouldn't keep me from um, purity as God defined it. So for me, I was like, okay, God, well, I don't feel convicted that this is something I shouldn't do. And like, please let me know if I'm wrong, God. <laughs> but I got a confirmation that he was with me in it. And um, even when I did get my ears pierced, I prayed that like, you know, may God bless my ears to be able to hear him more. And that prayer was actually like all of that got me to pray that very prayer. And I believe that that is when I started hearing the Holy Spirit even more clearly and increasingly so. And it's not because of the earrings, but because I intentionally went to my word and I would read and build my relationship with God for myself. And so sometimes in the process of going deeper in your walk with Christ, you'll realize that there are some things that were done just from um, a religious perspective and not necessarily because um, God spoke to you or to someone and said, you know, different things. And so some of that involves unlearning and challenging those perspectives. And I know that's controversial, um, but, you know, use wisdom and discernment with all of that. But for me, part of separating my own faith from my parents' faith was I needed to understand things for myself. And yeah, there were more topics that I needed to understand for myself and not just rely on the jargon, um, including righteousness and different things like that. So yeah, throughout my walk with God, I've just been like, okay, God, I want to start from scratch. What do you say about this? Lead me through and I'll learn it like that. And so that has been my process in making my walk with God my own. Wow. Um, I just want to respond to a few things just before, because we're, we're still getting to know you here. Um, we haven't really gotten into like the nitty gritty, but um, I think it's so necessary, this this thing that you're mentioning, customizing your relationship with God in that um, in that we're sold this ideal of what a relationship with God is supposed to be and it's like the the version that we're sold is this one size fits all pray this prayer read this book follow these 10 steps and then you will be closer to God you know um and and the word the word customizable is so perfect because God reveals himself, as as I mentioned earlier, God reveals himself differently to different people. You may know Jesus as your brother, but I might know him as my father, as my mother, as my shield or my refuge. You know, you might know him as your defender. I might know him as the person I can um, cry to, you know, and then to, and, you know, there's just different he when he says 
I am. Moses is like, who am I going to say sent me? You know, God, you know, I, I get chills whenever I read what came out of the mouth of God. Because do you realize that is infinite wisdom in whatever he says? It's like present, past, future. And it's like with everything and all the knowledge that he has and in who he is, is, is expressing that in a way that we should be able to comprehend and we can't even comprehend that he says i am and that's a full sentence listen <laughs> listen it's a full sentence english tells us that i am is not a complete sentence you have to have um an adjective a verb and you know all it but god is like no 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 i am and it's a full sentence, full stop. Why? Because he is what he needs to be when he needs to be it for you. And, and, and that's what I, I'm learning is that you will know God as, 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 as something else than I will know, but it's still God. There isn't, it, it's not, there's not multiple choice. He tells us who he is in his word, right? Um, and that's why it's like so strange that people want to box God and put him in this, you have to follow these rules. And, and when you were mentioning these things, um, it touched me also because I'm, I'm struggling with a lot of things and trying to find where people get off on saying, this is the rule that you need to follow. And this is the rule that you don't need to follow. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, I'm, I'm learning and I'm, and I'm asking God to show me honestly, because there are a lot of things. Um, and yes, I'm not, I'm not dragging the church or anything, but it's, it's the ideal behind it is that, for example, if, if we, I mean, I, I didn't have my ears pierced like my whole life. I think I did it in Korea and stuff like that. Yeah, I did in Korea, but then um, I took them off. But I'm also just, even with them off, it's like part of me still, you know, it's like, oh, I, I look so cute with them, like, you know, that whole thing. Um, but I, I, like getting to the bottom of things, because you were saying that uh, bringing these things up is controversial, but I don't know. It shouldn't be because you're testing the spirit, essentially. When you're questioning things, you're testing it. You're like, what is, what is the foundation that this principle stands on? And is it the foundation of the word of God or is it the word of man? Because then there's a fine lines in between being pharisaical and being a disciple. Because we tend to... Think up, just think about it quickly. I, I don't want to, this is not the conversation, but I'm just, I'm just putting the point out there that um, when you grow up in an environment where you're told that this is wrong, it shouldn't be like that, and you don't know why, when you go out into the world, that's what you present to the point where when you see someone who wears earrings or insert whatever thing that is wrong here, um, you automatically just write that person off you're like oh this is not just to interject real quick is, the you know? amounts of people who've like treated me like a guest 
in church. <laughs> like I, I, I go to a different church than I grew up in. So people didn't know me. They treat me like, oh, she's a new convert. <laughs> and I'm like, I love the special treatment, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, let me be humble. <laughs> So this is when the enemy tried to disrupt us by disturbing the network and interrupting everything, making it difficult for us to get back on the same page. But, you know, God's word will still be pushed. We managed to get back on track and we managed to still speak about God's word. Um, and so, yeah, that's what caused the interruption. Sorry, guys. Anyway, back to regular scheduled programming. Yeah, the enemy will really try to mess up the network and mm. everything just to, like what, for 15 seconds? Yes, and we got the angels around us warring for us in the spirit, so we are good. Okay. Right? And the word is still going to go out and accomplish what God wants it to do, so. Um, okay, I think we should begin with a word of prayer before we get into why we are gathered here today. Um, and just invite the Holy Spirit to lead us. Um, would you kindly pray for us? Sure, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for another day of life. And God, thank you so much for this opportunity to share with my brothers and sisters in Christ on uh, devoted devotions. And God, I just want to pray a prayer of thanks again for all the work that you are doing with this podcast and this ministry. Holy Spirit, I pray for your presence in the room on my end and on my sister's end and those listening. God, we know that there is no distance when we are praying. You said that where two or three are gathered together in your name, you're with us. And we thank you for being with us. And I pray that this conversation would go where you want it to go and you would give us the words and the examples and the references as well to scripture. I pray that this would encourage people to open up their word, their Bible, and study on their own as well and build a relationship with you. And again, we just want to say thank you. Please protect the Wi-Fi in the mighty name of Jesus. We rebuke the devil. We rebuke the enemy and all distractions. We rebuke all Pharisee spirits, God. In the name of Jesus, I pray that people would receive it as your word and anything that they are wrestling with, that they would talk to you about it so that you can give them a fuller revelation. In your name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Um, okay, so um, the questions I want to ask you are just, I'll just ask you one question about the spiritual adultery slash no middle ground episode. Yeah. Um, going to kind of be mingled into one and just hear mm. your thoughts on that okay so how do you think materialism has affected our society and what do you think the future looks like for kids who are given everything um wow yeah like we used to play with um sticks and pretend they were stones, <laughs> right or, or like I, I remember as a kid I used to look through a catalog and circle the toys that I liked and that was a fun part of like you know and when I actually had the toy it didn't actually like I can't play with it for yeah. the first like week but after that it didn't really you know you didn't really care about it anymore yeah. so what is that kind of disconnect that we are having with in our generation or the generation mm. that's coming in after us Wow. I mean, oh, 
I don't know anyone under the age of 10, so I don't, <laughs> I've been really far removed from children. So to be honest, I don't know firsthand. Um, well, I know one baby, uh, my friend had, <laughs> for the first time in my life, I don't know any children personally, but, um, I guess I've seen that maybe they access the digital world sooner and even like when my friend's baby, you know, is fussy, um, she'll just turn on a YouTube video for kids. Like, I don't know, a nursery rhyme, like the ants go marching two by two. So I guess maybe there's that, that like kids are accessing the internet at younger. And, you know, depending on if the parents are supervising, that can be good or bad. Um, and also how much internet they're getting. Um, in terms of materialism, I think that it's always been there. I really do. Because even if I read the book of um, Ecclesiastes, as Solomon is talking about how you can gain all the servants in the world, or you can gain this and that, but it's all vanity. There's emptiness in it. It's not fulfilling. Um, and then even in, I think, in Peter's writings, where he does mention jewelry and things like that, he says he's warning the church not to get wrapped up in uh, collecting things because like, this is not our final home. And one day we're going to leave the earth and we're going to go when Jesus comes back, we'll be in heaven and everything will burn. And that's something actually my mom would always say growing up, um, like when it comes to, yeah, she probably got it from him. It will burn. <laughs> and you're like, okay. <laughs> but <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> I shouldn't be surprised, but yeah, it will burn. And so I think we need to always remember that and have an element of being detached from material things. That it's not a sin to like get a car if you need a car. It's not a sin to, um, I don't know, get high quality clothes that will last, but also like, don't let that be your focus. Don't let it be your obsession, you know? The value that you place on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, everything that we need, God gives to us and he'll give it to us when we need it. So it's not our job to be anxious about that or try to collect things or be like, oh, I need to make sure um, this, 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 and busy ourselves with that and not the word of God. Like, yeah, I think, you know, in order to raise a generation that's not materialistic, we as future parents and young parents and, you know, whoever, we have to also model that ourselves. And so, yeah, that's how I would answer that. Right. Like, I also think that, it, as you mentioned, these things are emptiness, it's vanity. Um, and I see a lot of, on social media when I was still on it because you know, I had to like I've been called to try and get rid of all of these things because yeah. it the the things it was shoving down my throat mm. started um, making me feel like what I had and what God had given me was not enough. Wow. Um, and making it more difficult for me to be content mm. so I had to remove that because I was like oh, actually it's kind of fun because um, you see people's lives right you see people buying cars and 
yeah. people buying him fancier cars or getting promotions and you know all of these things and I'm not saying that you're not genuinely happy for these people who are experiencing these things I'm talking about that need to also feel like you have a place like you're mm. worth something because if I'm just like oh no I'm just existing yeah <laughs> it doesn't seem like that's like existing is not enough yeah <laughs> to people you need to be existing while you're doing all these fantastic things mm. and it's like um just I don't know like the way life has been now the whole shift the focus shift has just gone mm. to you know what I'm not going to win a Nobel Peace Prize and I'm not going to be on the cover of Forbes anytime soon. So let me just focus on what is in front of me and do the best with what I have. And make that work. And I'm fine. You know, God gives me food, he gives me shelter, he gives me clothing. Yes. But the second I'm on social media, I feel like the food I'm eating is not good enough. The box I live in is not big enough. And, you know, the clothing I have is not fantastic enough so yeah. I don't know I just feel like the kids and the people who are feeding off of this it's 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 evil yeah <laughs> I, I can only say that because and without trying to sound like you know, <laughs> doomsday and all of these things but like it, it's feeding you emptiness as yeah. you say it's vanity it's trying to lure you in to make that a priority and then what happens for someone like me who can't afford these things Mm. what am i going to do to get those things wow do you understand then i put myself in compromising positions when i could have just been content with what i had and not you know been in these tight spots because of of what i'm doing to have to attain the unattainable so yeah I, i think it's important because the Bible teaches us contentment and Amen. I think that's one of the lessons that I've been <laughs> I think God is emphasizing that in this in this portion of my life that yeah. whatever I have therewith will I be content mm. and it's like in food or in clothing I will be content I wow. have food you know why, why am I complaining yeah Amen. <laughs> and on that note, yeah, I, as I'm fasting, like there are days of the week that uh, I am fasting from food and I've dealt with uh, different eating disorders in the past, but God freed me of that. And something that he was telling me is that, you know, I fast um, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Um, but then at 6 p.m. I'm like, oh, I am hungry. I want this, 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 this. And I start making everything, every recipe imaginable. <laughs> And God has been teaching me temperance as well. Trust that the food that you eat is enough. You don't need to eat out of fear. You don't need to stock up, like you said, doomsday and like, oh, I need to make sure. You're not a chipmunk. <laughs> you don't need to feel your cheeks and then keep it for later. Uh, just trust that he will take care of you and he'll give you exactly what you need when you need it. So, yeah, thank you for bringing that up because I think that's a very powerful lesson. So in doing those kind of things, you're kind of taking away the element of needing to be dependent on them. Mm. Because you have all these things and you're stocking up because, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? You know, I need to plan and, you know, um, where is he? Where does he come in? You know, giving mm. space. You know? Yeah. So, man. Okay, the next one is basically about 
how we fall into Satan's trap because we don't understand the dynamics of the first temptation. Ooh. Um, this is on the bread. Um, yeah. We fall into Satan's traps because we don't understand the dynamics of the first temptation. Wow. Um, he tried to get Jesus to lose sight of reality. And I think in the episode I spoke about how, like, um, he was saying, turn the stone into bread. Mm. And then Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Yes. And it's like, Jesus is the bread because in John 1 verse 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So yeah. he, he is that word. Yes. Why does he need to turn a stone into a word when that's what he is yeah. you don't need to prove it um to anyone who's who it's not going to benefit you know um, mm. i think you were the one who was telling me that the signs that god will give you are signs that will give you more faith in him yes you have more faith in him it's not just a sign to show how fantastic he is mm. it's, it's for your benefit. Everything wow. he does is for your benefit. And so this element of losing sight of what is actually going on. Um, yeah, Jesus was the bread of life and he was the word of God, but Satan tries to make him satisfy his physical needs yeah. um, while neglecting his spiritual needs. Um, the example for this kind of case study yeah. Um that I, I I was led to was how many pe- how many women fall into like the sexual liberation movement mm. without understanding the impact that it really has. What wow. are your thoughts on that? Thinking about how um, Satan's job is to get you to lose sight of what the bread is, mm. and if you lose sight of it, you're going to turn that stone into bread or do something that you're yeah. not supposed to do when it's in you. You yeah. don't need to do it. You don't need to move, you know. Um, just want to hear your thoughts on how these, because I, I, I don't know about you, you, you I'll let you, <laughs> I'll let you <laughs> speak on it. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know why my brain always thought that, oh, when I'm at church, it's church. But yeah. I never used to apply what I learned in church in the world. Mm. It took me a while to be like, no, man, these are conflicting ideals. That's why it never yeah. makes it. So God is saying one thing, but the world says Another. completely opposite. I'm glad you even raised purity, for example. Yeah. Um, where God preaches purity and um, sanctity and holiness and in holiness, you know, um, and I always thought, just in my younger, more foolish years, that yeah. it's just simpler, quick maths, one plus one, man and woman, you know, it makes yeah. sense and, you know, less fights. But when you go into the world and the world is promoting all these other things, Ooh. you see how destructive it is. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm sure you understand what I mean when I'm when I'm talking about that. How yeah. how it's it's so destructive to not be in a committed relationship with one person yeah. or have children with different people and it's 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 
it's not good for the mother it's not good for the father it's not good for the kid you know mm. and so i i'm i'm learning that wait the, what god is teaching us is actually the way that he's designed us to live yeah and you're so much safer living in that kind of environment so basically that's the <laughs> yeah using that principle in actual issues that we have in the wow. world yeah um there's a lot to be said about that and um as i've also studied that same passage the temptations that jesus went through in the wilderness i see that like that temptation came up again and again of like use your power for yourself you know if you're really the son of god and i think as you're mentioning the sexual quote unquote liberation and i say that because really it's more bondage um i think a lot of people don't know who they are and so they see okay there's well i'll use an example maybe i'm maybe this is dated now but you know amber rose seems confident you know she's doing the slut walk she's wearing what she wants kim kardashian carly jenner um whoever else <laughs> you know they're showing their body and they seem so confident and i want to feel that confident maybe that's what i need to do to be confident and then inwardly you know we go through these struggles and i think people secretly don't feel comfortable doing that but then they internalize that as oh maybe i'm i'm doubting myself i'm internalizing um you know body shaming and all of this and i mean let's be clear body shaming is a real thing that again is an attack of the enemy but all of these things are meant to lure us into something that's ultimately empty and i think it goes back to even Eve in the garden not knowing who she was because the devil always tempts tries to sell you something you already have you already mm. are <laughs> girl <laughs> yes okay. wow yes eve was already made in the image of god she didn't need to eat a fruit to become like god she literally already was and even us girl the way god has been speaking to me through I, that's why i'm excited i'm like I, I could go off but even us today we feel like we need to whether it is acquiring wealth for men i know a lot of them struggle with um pride and ego in terms of their identity being in their bank account such that they could not envision themselves being partnered with a wife who makes more because for some reason it questions their masculinity and i'm thinking what makes masculinity tied to your bank account when you already are a man because god created you as a man and again it's the devil trying to say that your worth is in your looks your worth is in your money your worth is in fill in the blank and that's not true and so um yeah it's not true and then even in showing our bodies like the thing is that these things are on the internet forever like we can't remove it <laughs> once you share it publicly it's now online and anyone can screenshot or record or do anything and maybe there will come a day where you decide that you don't want that available anymore but then because of this so-called liberation you now don't even have access to your own body you don't have rights to your own images and i think that's very twisted so Yeah, I think we need discernment um in using these online platforms and in what we share. But I think it starts with knowing who we are in Christ. Because another part of that temptation was if you are the son of God, then do this. 
And Jesus knew that he already was the son of God. Um, because right before then he was baptized, before the temptation in the wilderness, he was baptized and he heard God the father say, this is my son. So he didn't need to even question it, girl, because he was like, oh, I already know who I am. That like, even though I'm weak right now and I'm hungry, um, I know who I am. I don't need to prove it. And so I think, yeah, I think that, um, you know, I encourage anyone who is struggling with that. It's okay to struggle, but go to the word of God and ask him, who do you say I am? How do, I, how do you define me, God? How do you see me? And let him lead you through that. So that when the world comes and says, oh, well, you know, if you're really liberated, you need to show your body. Oh, if you're really confident, you need to do this. Oh, if you're really like, you know, whatever, if you're really going to be influential, you need to X, Y, Z. We need to go to the word of God so we know who we are. Yeah. Go ahead. I can tell you need to say something. Listen, I'm getting so... Wow, I'm getting excited. Amen. Um, the point you're making is so important because it's like this if it's two letters Mm. but it's the whole it's an issue because it's already casting doubt it's saying that you have to prove Mm. by doing this and what i don't like about it is that um it's It allows the person or it allows Satan to define how you are defined. Oh. If if that makes sense. Yeah. Because it's saying if you are the son of God. So he's saying he's he's, um, bringing the son of Godness of Jesus Mm. into question. And he's saying this is what you have to do. So he's defining what it means to be the son of God. So by doing this, then you prove that. And it's like, no. And, and that's why I'm very finicky about definitions and mm. what words actually mean because our society, the world is changing and they, they don't mean their words. So when they speak, it's empty because that's not what they mean, mm. right? Well, that's not what anyone means. I'm yeah. just joking. People will call each other slurs and offensive words, but oh, no, I'm just hanging you know, on me. And it's like, <laughs> no. So I think... It's important to also be mindful of these things because mm. it's like, if you love me, this is what you'll do. Wow. Aren't girls told that a lot? Yeah. You, this is how you prove. And it's like, no, but that's not how I prove. No. Why are you defining how this love is expressed? Yeah. Why, why do you get to hold those cards? And that's what I love about Jesus is that yeah. he always met that kind of um those kind of attacks with the word of god mm. he always had that i call it an it is written spirit <laughs> and i'm i pray for it because Amen. um i guess whenever things happen to me i get so weak and i'm just like always so like i can't believe it's happening before um. i can actually think about how to you know respond head on and be confident in the Lord. As you were saying, you were, you were talking about confidence and you were saying how all these female um, celebrities strip down to prove their confidence. And mm. it's like, no, but why is that what confidence is? Yeah. When my, that's why I'm like, the Bible should define how you see the world. Yes. It says, be confident in the 
Lord. Amen. <laughs> then that's that's all i need to be confident yeah I'm walking around i don't need to worry about anything because god you know my angels my angels got me and yes. whatever happens to me needs to happen to me so even if things go left hmm. i have to be in that situation you know what i'm saying lest we use safety as a measure of how close we are to god or whatever but i'm just i'm just trying to express that to not let the world define these words for you. Yeah. Stop letting the world define what liberation means, yeah. what confidence means, because it's a fallen way of thinking. Mm. And you know, true liberation, true sexual liberation is once you are married, you are in a safe environment with the person who God ordained to be with you. That is your time to be free. You don't need to have like this fear of pregnancy scares. You don't have to have this fear of STDs. Hopefully that, you know, the person you're with is also, you know, has been keeping themselves pure. You don't have to worry about, I don't know, someone sharing this online or it getting leaked when you're trying to find a job. That's true liberation. And there are different things like you can use an example with anything where God is giving us these rules, as you said. He's giving us the cheat codes, that this is how I've designed the world to be. And so if you do it this way, you can make the most out of it. And so, but we thinking, oh, it's just rules. I don't want to be confined by this. And he's like, I literally designed this planet. I'm trying to tell you how I built it. <laughs> yeah, right? And so, yeah, like whatever it is, if, if I encourage anyone who's struggling Ask God what he thinks about it and open up your word. Read stories of people in the Bible who experienced what you're going through or who struggled with the topic that you're being tested on and take notes from them and see what you can learn from that because there's nothing new under the sun. Yeah, we're all going through the same thing. Just lastly, like, it's Satan honestly will will make you feel like you're in bondage mm. um, when he's actually trying to kill you. Wow. When God, when God said, don't eat of this fruit because you will die. Mm. Life, there was no fine print. There was no added clauses that Adam yeah. and Eve didn't know about. It was, everything was upfront. But when Satan comes through, he's like, Oh no! Did he really say that? Mm. Oh, you know he he comes as if he's your friend and huh. he's like he cares about you and your freedom and oh, but it, it, that doesn't seem fair. And it's like yeah, he gets into your psyche like that because then now you start seeing things from that perspective. Mm. And I think that's the problem is seeing things from the devil's perspective wow. because then you take you've removed yourself from the word of God and his worldview yeah. and you put on the devil's perspective wow. and now you're like oh now you start looking at the tree and you see <laughs> that it's good for fruit you know what yeah. i'm saying um so it's just that thing of like being mindful of these things hmm. as you said let the bible be your guide let it be the one to show you and learn from it yes uh, yeah even all the answers <laughs> yes even the verses that say be sober-minded um like maybe not everything is explicitly mentioned in the bible but i know some people struggle with um you know doing marijuana or drinking and it's like oh well, why why can't i do it why can't i and it's like don't 
don't abstain from a place of um, trying to be religious because then you, you won't really have a reason. Like there's that quote that says, stand for nothing and you'll fall for anything. So if you're doing it just because, oh, I need to do this, it's not going to mean much to you. God says, come let us reason together. Like when you open the book of Proverbs and you read about how wine is a mocker and you think about examples when people have been drunk and made a fool of themselves, you think about how it affects your frontal lobe, which is your control center, which it helps you reason. And that's how you connect with God and you reason. But when you, when you do these substances, it affects that. And it even atrophies that part of your brain. When you look at all of this, then it's like, oh, so God wants me to be sober-minded and not to do these substances because it affects my relationship with him and my ability to hear from him. And it affects the choices I make. And at the end of the day, like everything in this planet is a choice. We have choices either to serve ourselves or serve God. And so you want to be in the best headspace possible to choose to serve God because there are so many blessings that we have um, access to when we are in obedience with him. And yeah, I mean, it's not easy and sometimes it's not popular. Sometimes people may make you feel like you're a prude or, oh, you know, are you not confident? Is that why you're not showing your body? And it's like, just know, like you said, you have nothing to prove. That's yeah, don't don't look at it from the devil's perspective. He's just another created being. Look at it from our creator's perspective and exactly. it helps. Yeah. And um, don't you think that I'm so glad you mentioned the, the fact that it's like part of your control center in your brain. Mm -hmm. Is this not what the world promotes? Hmm. It's what the world promotes. It's cool yep. to drink. It's cool to smoke a J. It's it's cool. Yeah. That's what's cool. And when you're not doing it, you're like, oh my gosh, huh. what's wrong with you? You know, people people look at you strange, and it's like, no, these things are actually messing up my control center. When I'm not yeah. in control, I get into situations that I shouldn't be in. Hmm. You know. Yeah. I mean, when you come back to your senses, now you want to find someone to blame, but the person you really should be blaming is really Ooh. you and the decisions that you make. And it's a harsh reality. It's, and the reason why it sounds so harsh is because people don't want to be held accountable. Mm. Um, there's a lot wow. of... Um, my dad used to say that 99% of the problems that we have are caused by ourselves. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We decide to do things. We decide. Um, there's another saying that also says that um, where you are right now is basically a sum of all the decisions oh. that you have made in your life. Is that from Bandersnatched? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Black Mirror reference. <laughs> no, go ahead. Let me not throw you off. <laughs> <laughs> but but you get it like yeah I'm here right now because we we both decided we communicated that this yeah. is what we're going to do at this time so we decided to do it and we made the choice to do it and we did it yes I I could be also I could be watching a movie I could be you know reading a book I could be doing a thousand other things yeah. like this you know the same way 
um, everyone else, all the decisions that you make when you have that glass of wine and you know, and, and then you, something else happens and stuff like that. You know how like one thing leads to another very yeah. quickly, and you find yourself in situations that you would not be in had hmm. you been sober-minded. Because I know I'm a hmm. whole body, you know. Yeah. And I will be in those environments and be like, ah, nah, nah. yeah. <laughs> no. Whereas if people would be like, let's go, I'd be like, hey guys, I'm staying in, I'm good, I'll catch you, you'll call me tomorrow, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm just trying to express that a lot of the things that the world is promoting as cool and hip and all of these things is actually like things that are trying to kill you. Oh my goodness. But it's mm. trying to kill you. Mm. If, we're, if we're being candid yeah. Um, kill you, steal your soul, and destroy you. Yeah, that's that's what it's out to do, you know. And that's why we find so many people who are so broken out there because yeah. they think that that way of living is life hmm. when it's vanity, it's empty, and it's only bringing death. So, wow. Um. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So the episode I connected with. Well, I I honestly enjoyed all of them, um, but I, I guess I'll send you the voice notes on that. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I really enjoyed in my mind, my body, soul, and spirit, and like I said, I enjoyed all of them, and I learned so much from all of them. But this one for me really hit home. Um, because there are layers to the symbolism that God has in his word. And the bread, <laughs> now like whenever I say the bread, it's like, okay, I'm referencing this episode, the bread. And even in the video that I, I uh, recorded on YouTube um, about the temptation of Jesus, this one, I'm like, I have to title it the bread because he is the bread. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. And I appreciated how you connected the sanctuary also to us that the outer court is like our body where you know people can see us like not our body as in nakedness but you know us as human beings you know in the flesh and then the holy place is our soul where the holy spirit is and where we pray and we commune with god and then the most holy place is um, where Jesus, our intercessor, is and our whole our high priest is, and yeah, that was powerful. Um, even like the three loaves of bread that um, Sarah made for God, the Trinity, when they came right before you know she was going to be pregnant, when they visited Abraham and they're warning him of what would happen to Sodom. Um, that was a layer that like I hadn't even thought of. And even Saul, he had to ask for that third loaf. I was like, oh. And God has been ministering to me on on like Saul's story as well. And how Saul also fell because of food. And <laughs> that's another reason why as Christians, fasting is like boot camp. It's our spiritual discipline. And of course, do it as God leads you. You don't need to do it out of guilt of like, oh, I need to fast. you know. But as God leads you, he'll lead you to that. But our appetite sometimes rules over us in a way that isn't good. And that has been happening since the Garden of Eden. And yeah, I just really appreciated 
even like what you were saying about boundaries of not everyone needs access to um, all of us, because even in the the sanctuary, only the priest could go in to a certain point, and then only the high priest could go into a certain point. And so it's the same where we need to also exercise discernment on what am I letting into my body? What am I watching? What is going into my spirit? What is going into my soul? And um, is it good for me, right? What is it doing? Um, yeah, so honestly, I was blessed by that entire episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I literally felt like I was going crazy when it just started like connecting. And I felt like that meme. <laughs> 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 I'm just like, it just connects to this. And it's like, um, I, I sent you that voice note and I sent it to um, one of my friends in Delenbosch. And I was just like, girl, do you understand what this means? <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, like, you know, God's word is so infinite. Mm. And the part that he shows me and he's teaching me is literally just a fraction of what his word is. You know? Yes. And I, we don't even have enough time to get through it all because it's like so infinite. We need eternity. Yeah. You know, and that's why I can't wait for eternity because I can't yeah. wait to sit down with like, just God's spirit and be like, God, let's go through the Bible. What, what, what did it actually mean? What was everything like? All, boat is it that one yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um his boat or my boat yes um that like how can i put this i don't want to say it's a new way of reading the bible because i don't want to sound like i'm bringing new practices it's not new hmm. right it's new to me because yeah. i haven't been exposed to it but it's, it's seeing um what god is saying and understanding that when God is speaking, he, He's addressing many other things at the same time. Yes. And, and, and basically finding those other things that He's also addressing. Yep. So that's how I've been reading. And, and sometimes it gets confusing because there's a lot. And then yeah. you don't know which piece fits into it. It's like a jigsaw puzzle. Yes. Jigsaw puzzle recently. And took about four days to do and like it's like you look at a piece and you don't know if it goes there and it goes or it goes there the colors are the same the piece almost fits but it doesn't it's not sitting flat so mm. it can't be that um and just i, I just want to explain where it comes from okay and it's i started um seeing like this or being exposed to reading the bible like this yes um, I saw it from the book of 
Revelation, because um, I've been reading the book of Revelation, studying it chapter by chapter and stuff like that. Mm. And in that, there's, there's, a, there's a, a, a thing that talks about, like, you know, some, like the people who interpret what, is, what it means and all of those things. So in one of those things, it was just talking about how um, there's four views. Okay. I'm saying a lot of nothing right now because I'm trying to find this page. No, I hear you. There's four views. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So there's four perspectives of how the book of Revelation is, is written. Okay. Right? Um, people, um, you know, they the words. Um, it's, it's called preterist, polemist, futurist, and there's a fourth one. Getting... Okay. Take your time. <laughs> Sorry, I want to give you like the actual thing and not bumble this thing. I don't even think I would speak about that. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're letting the Holy Spirit. Yeah, letting the Holy Spirit lead. I'm excited to hear it. Okay, here it is. Um, four interpretations of Revelation. Okay. This is this is how I'm just trying to explain how the the things came about. Yes. Okay. Um, there's polemicists. These are people who believe that the book of Revelation is a parable or a story. Right? Hmm. So when it talks about the dragon raging war against the woman and this and you know, um, it's a parable, a metaphor. Hmm. Right? People yeah. there are people who literally believe that that's what it is. Wow. Right? It's a metaphor for something. Um, and that's why I think Adventism also specifically says that when Jesus was coming back, he's physically coming back. Yes. Some people believe that Jesus coming back is, is a metaphor for spiritual awakening and all of these <laughs> things, which is not so. No. Right? So, so there is that, 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 that perspective. The second one is called a preterist, which is basically that the prophecies in Revelation have already been fulfilled. Oh. The combination of desolation has already happened. Right. Mm. All of these things have in, in, in the past. There's another one where it talks about um, historicists. This is a, it's a view mm. of history. So it's just talking about what happened also, kind of like more specifically in history. Mm. So, yeah, with. Oh. I didn't speak in Roman names, but anyway, we must go down that road. <laughs> um, and then the last one is futurist, which means people who view revelation as what is going to happen. Mm. This is yet to happen. And then the question was, so what is the book of Revelation? How is it written? Is it a parable? Is it things that have happened or things that are going to happen? Yeah. And it's like, what is it though? So, a lot of people keep picking the ones that they thought it was. Yeah. Um, and I didn't, I couldn't commit to one because I was like, no. But what is the answer? 
The answer is all of the above. The same yesterday, today, <laughs> and tomorrow. So God, who is the same yesterday, yes, the prophecy were fulfilled. Amen. So God is the same today. Mm-hmm. The prophecies are being fulfilled. Amen. The God is the same in the future. They will be fulfilled. Thank you, God. If the book of Revelation can work like that, all these other oh. things work like that as well. And and that's why Adam and Eve, I can, I can never get enough of, of just the different things that are going on and taking place yeah. in that moment. Um, that's why with the, when, when I was speaking to you, okay, this episode is not out yet, guys. Please me um, <laughs> about the ground. Yeah. And, and what the ground represents and the fruit and what the fruit represents yes. and the dust and the sweat and all of these things hmm. and you go and you see oh God, you just give me charity ah, amen. get ahead of myself but yeah that's that's where the whole thing wow amen. amen amen and girl this is a whole ministry because I think it's okay to say that it is a fresh revelation of the word of God. Because it's not like you're writing your own extra <laughs> chapters of the Bible. You're using what's there. And you're, and the Holy Spirit is leading you to connect it to different things. And speaking of rabbit holes. Okay. I need y'all to get out uh, your Bible and some notes. Because the bread episode. Literally like yesterday while I was doing devotions. God downloaded <laughs> that's why when you were saying the symbols i wanted to start running around because i'm just so excited okay so um as we yes so as we're recording it is around passover time right and this is going to be significant so luke chapter 24 this is after jesus had been resurrected while he was on the road to emmaus or emmaus um, there were those two disciples and, you know, they were talking about, um, you know, he was like, oh, what's going on? Why are you sad? And then they're like, you must be the only one who doesn't know what happened in Jerusalem. This great prophet got killed. And, and then Jesus was like, what? But don't y'all know what the law and the prophets say that this was all supposed to happen? And then he was like preaching to them. And then as they got to where they were going, he acted as if he was going to walk forward. But then they invited him um, uh, to eat with them. And so he did. And I'll start on verse 30 and then verse 31. When he was at a table with them, he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. And so... Before Jesus ate, he gave thanks and broke the bread, okay? He, <laughs> he broke the bread, okay? And then the disciples, like, you know, were given, their spiritual blindness was healed. And so um, this reminded me of what Jesus had done at Passover with the 12 disciples in Luke 22, verse 19, which says, and he took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And his body being the bread, um, being broken, I was like, okay, what does that mean? Like, you always hear that this is his body being broken. You're like, what does that mean? 
And so I asked the Holy Spirit, like, what was that? And what God revealed to me is that the bread was his flesh, um, Jesus' life as a human being. He had to deny his flesh, break the bread in order. (laughs) Girl, I was like, what? And that's why even in the temptation in the wilderness, when the devil said, turn the stone into bread, he was tempting Jesus to act in his flesh and satisfy his flesh. And when Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, that's in Deuteronomy chapter eight. And like, okay, I I gotta read this. (laughs) I get excited about God. Chapter eight, verse three, um, Mm -hmm. where it says, um, and he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So this was again reminding us that like, we don't live by the flesh. We don't live by the physical world. We live by what God says and what he does and he provides. Just like in the episode you mentioned, Elijah was fed by ravens, like birds were giving him bread, you know? So God will find a million ways to provide. And then I also um, was brought to Hebrews chapter four, um, verse 15. And um, God was just ministering to me through that because when we think about the temptation of Jesus, Jesus was tempted in all ways as we are. He can relate. And this is why I was excited because it also connects to the episode um, mentioning the sanctuary and our high priest. And so, yeah, Hebrews chapter four. All right. Um, verse. Wow, yeah. <laughs> Glory be to God. But even just, just a quick side note. Go ahead. That, mentioning that your fathers did not know. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Verse uh, 15 of Hebrews chapter four. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. So Jesus became flesh so that he could break it by conquering sin and temptation so that we could also be set free through taking part of his bread as we do communion and remembrance of him. We take part in his life and we also must die daily. Our flesh must die. Um, and that again is breaking the flesh, breaking the bread. And then um, Hebrews 5 verses 7 to 9. This is the part where like you were mentioning how words test it, like minister to you. The definitions of words minister to me too. And so it says that like while Jesus was on earth, in the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And being made perfect, He became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. So just in summary, that's just saying that like, while Jesus was a human being, he humbled himself before God the Father, and he had to be obedient and reverence God the Father. And so it also says that he prayed um, and offered prayers and supplications. And I looked up the word like 
in Blue Letter Bible because it gives you the Hebrew and the Greek. And so the word prayers is requests for oneself. So while he was on earth, he was praying for his own spiritual revival. And then the word supplication, we understand it to be like, you know, you pray on someone else's behalf, supplication, right? I looked up that word and girl, (laughs) get ready. I need y'all to just sit down. Make sure you're sitting down, okay? Supplication, that word in the Greek means, is referring to an olive branch with white wool and fillets, okay? So there would be an olive branch and a fillet wrapped together with white wool. And then I looked up the word fillet because I'm like, is that another, uh, like, am I thinking of fillet like meat? Like what? (laughs) Yeah, but it is, it is referencing meat. A fillet is fleshy bone, boneless pieces of meat from near the loins or the rib of an animal. Okay, stick with me. John chapter 19 Verses 34 to 37, when Jesus was on the cross, they stabbed his rib, but they didn't break his bone. Because remember, they were supposed to break the bones of the prisoners so they couldn't run away. But then when they came to Jesus, he was already dead. And so they pierced his side under his rib and they did not break his bones. So even in supplication. Now I'm like, wait, wait. Yeah. he is the true vine which whom we need to connect to and he is that fleshy boneless piece of meat from the rib because his rib girl i was like (laughs) yeah there are layers to this wow and that and even the the verse that says um none of his bones will be broken is referring back to in Exodus chapter 12, verse 46, during the Passover, that the Passover lamb um, was meant to be consumed in one house. You're not meant to, you know, have the meat and then give the meat to other families and other homes, but it was meant to be done in one home. And so, yeah, all of these symbols point back to Jesus and again, his obedience to the father while he was on earth he didn't come here to do his own thing but he only did what he saw the father do in heaven and that's also for us to do as his followers we have to die to our flesh daily we have to be obedient to him and even though we're not perfect we're grafted to him with his wool okay like the true vine that's why he said if you love me keep my commandments girl amen (laughs) yeah the boat and the plane. Wow. The boat is up in, in Genesis. The first time it's mentioned, he talks about a covenant between man and God. Yes. It represents the covenant. And then the second boat that comes up is actually Moses. Mm. Moses. Um, mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And then the third boat that I actually missed when I was doing the episode. Yes. You know you're learning. God is always to you. Yeah. Is the Ark of the Covenant. Oh. That's also a boat. Mm-hmm. And it's like a boat within a boat because it's a boat that represents the first boat. Yeah. The boat Ark. is a picture of the covenant wow. and it's like the Ark of the Covenant, the boat of the covenant. Wow. <laughs> you, you understand? And and you just keep seeing these patterns. So when when you go to 
Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and、mm. Jesus was teaching from the boat.、Woo. It's like Jesus was teaching from that vessel that He is occupied, and the covenant, the, the vessel that you have given up to Him. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's when things started like. Making sometimes、um, I I struggle now though to to read the Bible because yeah <laughs> and then on top of that with like the Adam and Eve being、yeah. human life in paradise when that happened also it it's like we're really missing out yeah I'm not saying reading the Bible in English alone is like. Or whatnot, right. There's so much more. There's so much more. You know,、mm. you can go forever. And honestly, with you talking about how the bread is mixed with this flesh, the yeah, <laughs> it's all pointing back you, to you. You're、him. making me want to drop a sneak peek that um. Oh, okay. This is for a future episode. Okay. Um. Ah, let me let me do it. Okay.、The、people have listened to this far. They、yeah. deserve it. Yes. No. <laughs>、um, so okay. So after this, this is the season finale, obviously. So、um, I'm going to do the Ten Commandments series. Well, that is the plan. Wow. To do the Ten Commandments series, and after that is is going to be moment to go into these、um, these studies. Um, but also, it's like、um, I can't put out episodes as as fast as I'd like to because sometimes the word has hasn't been given to me.、Mm. Sometimes、mm-hmm. it takes a little bit longer for me to get that word. So、um, people are just like, "Girl, you didn't post when the next episode."、Bruh. I'm just like, "Girl, God is still putting it together. Please, <laughs> yes." <laughs> um, so I have been feeling a little bit of that pressure to kind of like be posting all the time, but also it's like. I don't really want to front run the process because it's not my process.、Mm. Um, anyways, it's the crucifixion. Okay.、Um, okay, I think I'm not really used to just. Okay, and that's okay. But, but what I do want to talk about, I think this, this yeah, this is what I am.、Um, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. <laughs> God's your boss, sis. If if the boss said no, then it's a no. You right now. Yeah. Okay. No. We're talking about how you you pointed out how everything is pointing to Jesus. Yes. Right. I I I also shared the same thing. Yes. Speaking one language right now.、Mm-hmm. And for me, it's it's so amazing to me. I, I can't comprehend how people. Won't believe in God.、Hmm. Won't submit themselves to God and、yeah. the fact that He is actually there. Right? Why am I saying this? I'm saying this because people are very、um, narcissistic.、Hmm. Narcissism is at an all-time high. Girl. <laughs>、um, when is your your year of birth? Two thousand. Yeah. Oh wait.、Uh, okay, girl. Wait. I have one more thing.、Uh, so we、yeah. were talking about Adam and Eve. 
Also, my friend told me this, and I found the scripture that backs it up. When God created man and woman, he actually called both of them Adam. And that this is in Genesis chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. And it says, this is the book of the generations of Adam, or of humanity. When God created man, he created him in the likeness of God. The word man, again, is Adam. Male and female, he created them, and he blessed them, and named them man, named them Adam, when they were created. The one who gave Eve her name was the man. He's the one who separated or the names, but really they were both. When God said, Adam, where are you? Both of them were supposed to come out. Both of them were supposed to come out. But then after God read out the, the terms and conditions of, of eating the fruit and said, okay, well, this is now what's going to happen. Um, even after hearing all of these curses, the man named his wife Eve because she was to be the mother of all living. Eve was not named after the curse of, oh, you know, you ate the fruit, so I'll name you fruit eater or something like he named, yeah he named her after the promise and not how she fell and so even as women of god we don't need to internalize that oh eve ate the fruit and now all women are cursed that's not true every curse was broken when jesus came on earth and he lived and he died because eve didn't know who she was but jesus did and he conquered that temptation on our behalf and so we don't need to know ourselves by, uh, we don't need to carry the shame of what Eve did or, or even our own shame, but we are named after the promise. And when you mentioned that thing about Ruth, she's named by that new name, Ruth of Jesus. I mean, if I'm trying to translate, right? And all of us have that same name as daughters of God. And of course, the sons of God too. But specifically, I'm speaking to the, the daughters of God, like we are named by the promise over our lives. And so, yeah, that, that just encouraged me. And I think there are lots of details in the Bible that we don't really look at that will set us free from certain things that we may believe about ourselves. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I absolutely love how when you go back to the original language, yes, you you learn so much more. You learn so much more, and I yeah. always get annoyed with English because I'm like English, <sighs> the language that has no depth, <laughs> such an empty language. You know, you yeah. know. Um, <laughs> I know, for example, like my mom used to express anger in Kosa. Then you know, <laughs> yeah. like, yo, you really messed up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. But if she was so speaking in English when she's mad, you're like, ah, I can, I can wing, I can, you know? Um, but I'm just, I'm just trying to say that, like, there is so much that mm. is um, lost in translation. Yeah. With, um, when you go back to what the original words in Hebrew mean. I'm, I'm yes. so glad that you looked at this because I've never looked at um, what supplication meant and the connection yeah. to the, that is, that is phenomenal, girl. Yeah. Um, I'm going to add one that I also learned in the Revelation study that yes. I was doing. Just briefly, because this is um, you're, you're sharing with us. Uh -huh. um, so, 
you know when <laughs> you know when it says i am the alpha jesus says i am the alpha and the omega yes right um it's like what does that mean we always just say oh, it's the beginning and the end mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. that's 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 it. and um it's like okay but what did jesus actually say oh what did jesus actually say what in what say? language did he say it in I don't know. Alpha and Omega is Greek. Okay. Jesus didn't speak Greek. Yeah. So that's not what Jesus said. Yeah. Jesus spoke Hebrew Aramaic. Hmm. What he said was, I am the Aleph and I am the Taf. Hebrew alphabet is called the Aleph Bet. Yeah. So the first letter is the Aleph. Hmm. And the last letter is the top. So that's why we link it to Alpha and Omega last beginning and end. Or A to Z, right? Or A, A to Z, Z right? Yeah. But that's not what he's saying. Hmm. Jesus was not saying he's just the A to Z. Hmm. And what does A to Z mean? What 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 <laughs> what are you going to say it means, right? Yeah. It's empty in that language. Hmm. But when you look at it in Hebrew, Aleph so Hebrew is like three languages in one. I'm sure you've noticed. Wow. Um, Hebrew is a phonetic language. Mm-hmm. It's a pictorial language mm-hmm. and it's a numerical language. Yes. So you know how Roman numerals, uh, a certain letter would have a numerical value. Yes. All of those things. And then pictograms, um, this is pre-Babylonian where the actual thing, these letters were pictures of what this yeah. it sounds like. Yeah. Um, so for Aleph, they would use an ox. Okay. That was Ooh. A. Okay. That's an ox, right? Hmm. And numerical value being one. Um, and then the last letter is Tav. Hmm. Is a Tav not a cross? Oh! Is a Tav not a cross? So when Jesus said, I am the oh. Aleph and the Tav, he says, I am the ox and the cross. I am the ox on the sacrifice. And let's go even further, right? In in the Hebrew Bible, they they can't even translate what it means, the the A and Z together in Hebrew. Mm. If you search what it means, the translation of it, they don't know what it is. Yeah. That's why it's so profound that in John it says, Okay, before we get there, let me, yeah. let me just um, circle back to this one. Okay. So this A and Z, it's like writing A and Z next to each other. What yeah. does that mean? As. Yeah, it doesn't, it's not a word. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Can I tell you that in the Hebrew Bible, those two letters are found next to each other hundreds of times. Whoa. Hundreds of times then. To the point where Genesis 1 verse 1 in Hebrew says, Bereshit bara. Elohim, it hashamayim, viet haaret. So Bereshit in the beginning, um, bara, God, okay, bara Elohim, God created, because you know the subject and verb are moved around. Um, so it's created Elohim, God. Mm-hmm. Then it's got this letter, A and Z. Mm. Then after that, the heavens and the earth. So they translate in English. We don't. We don't even see that. They don't translate because it doesn't have a meaning. But in Hebrew, it says, "In the beginning, God. Which God? 
A to Z wow. God created the heavens and the earth. The word wow. that has no meaning. Glory then you go God. back. This is what I was trying to speak to, to earlier. Yeah. You go forward to John. In the beginning, what? I gotta run. <laughs> I gotta run. <laughs> I tried to hold back this whole episode. I had to start running. <laughs> what? The word was with God, and the word was God. Oh. What is that word? A to Z. Oh. He's the he's the sacrifice. Wow. And, you know when when there's examples of this thing, um, Zechariah twelve verses ten. They will look on me. And then there's the symbol, Aleph Tav, whom they have pierced. Oh. That's what shows up in the Hebrew Bible. When Joshua blew into the trumpet, the Hebrew says, and he blew Aleph Tav's trumpet. Wow. Ruth, Ruth, it says she was given a new name, but we don't, we don't call her by a new name. It's been Ruth from the beginning to the yeah. end. But in, in the Hebrew Bible, it says Aleph Tav's Ruth. It's got those letters. And it's like, this is the word that brings everything into being. Barashit bara Elohim. Wow. Aleph Taf God. That's the God that we serve. Oh. Aleph Taf God. The, the, the ox and the sacrifice. It's wow. Him. Everything points to him. I thought you were going to take this to like where he said, take my yoke. My yoke is easy. Girl, <laughs> there are layers. Do, do Glory you know, to God. The Hebrew is so... Wow. I wish I actually knew Hebrew because we'd be reading the Bible in a completely yeah. different, you know. There's so much lost between Yes. the two things. There's a lot lost between it. <laughs> wow, God is good. Oh, And I hope the listeners are listening and encourage that like there's nothing no special training that you or I have done all we did was open up the word of god and the holy spirit pours more into you and will will remind you remember this verse look up this word i need you to google search what does this word mean look up what this is and he'll connect every dot wow <laughs> On top of that, with like the Adam and Eve being yeah. human life in paradise, when that happened, also it, it's like we're really missing out. Yeah, really, I'm not saying reading the Bible in English alone is like fruitless or whatnot, but right. there's so much more. There's so much more, you know, mm. forever and. Honestly, with you talking about how the bread is mixed with this flesh. Yeah. (laughs) We're always learning. And that's what's amazing about being in God's word. You can, you never, you don't know everything. Yeah. And never will. So when you're always in submission, you're you're always ready for him to pour into you and learn. Yeah. We really appreciate you for coming through and sharing with us. Um, I'm going to have to cut it here because okay. we've got load shedding oh so i feel you we're gonna be out so i think <laughs> but you know as we could have gone on for like four whole hours <laughs> <laughs> and we have <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah I'm, I'm definitely gonna have to cut it here and 
definitely going to just cut it here. So just okay. before we go, could you please hook us up with, um, tell us what you're doing, where we can find you on the social media, on the social media, <laughs> all these things. Um, let us know where we can find you so that if we want to tune in and listen to what you're doing and the ministry that you're working in, we can plug in and find you. Yes, so I am on, I have my own podcast called Need to Talk Podcast. If you search up Queen Zania, like Q-U-E-E-N-Z-I-N-N-I-A, you should find it. Um, But that one is not necessarily explicitly about God, but a lot of my guests are Christians and they do share what um, God has been teaching them. And then the ministry that God had me start in this season is called Kingdom Ministries on YouTube. And I'll send you the link because it is like... I'll put it in the description. Yes, it is a bit more difficult to find, but um, I'm just sharing as God leads me just the different things he's taught me during my fast and my fasting seasons. And like you said, like we don't pick our schedule. When the Holy Spirit is your boss, he tells you, what you need to say when and only that it's just like with the manna they couldn't collect it over days and keep it he only gives you what you need for that day you release it and then he'll give you more and so yeah for this time he's given me a lot so i know right now the videos are rapid fire but you know i mean as he leads then i'll I'll make more We thank God for this episode that even through the technical difficulties we had as we were recording, we were able to get through um, and learn and have the Holy Spirit pour into us and share what we have been learning in our various walks with Christ. Um, As I said, I had to cut it there because we had load shedding, um, so it was quite a mission to record, but... It is what it is. We thank God regardless. Let's bow our heads and pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love, your care, your guidance, and your protection. We thank you for the lessons that you continuously teach us, Father. We pray that you may help us hold on to you through the struggles and the challenges that we face. Father, may your Holy Spirit be poured out into us that we may be strong enough to hold on and to continue to run this race that is set before us all this we ask in your mighty name we pray lord jesus amen thank you so much for catching up and tuning into this episode um we are preparing the 10 commandments series so that should come in full effect in the new month but i'll definitely drop um notifications and let you guys know closer to the time and from your host tandy thank you for listening stay blessed